Case okay. 29. Not the wind, not the flag. Once the sixth ancestor saw the temple flag fluttering in the wind and two months with each other about it, one said, the wind is blowing. The flag is moving, said the other. They argued back and forth without reaching the truth. The ancestor told them, it is not the flag moving and it is not the wind moving. It is your mind that's moving. The two monks were startled. Okay, and now we'll go to the comment. And then you read this. Thank you. Humans coming. It is neither the flag, nor the wind, nor the mind that's moving. Where will you see the ancestor? If you can perceive this truth intimately here, then you will realize that the two monks bought iron, but instead gold. The ancestors could not refrain from laughing, and so this farce. Wind, flag, the mind moving. All of them missed the mark. Although they know how to open their mouths, they don't know where the words fall. Okay, so now we sit for five minutes and then we um, write for five minutes and I'll let you know when the five minutes are up. Well, who'd like to share what they wrote or their thoughts? I'll, I'll go for it. Uh, Cody, oh. go, please go. Okay. So I wrote, uh, I don't even know where to start. This, this koan reminds me of the, that part on the matrix when the kid bent the spoon. Now that I'm practicing, now that I'm practicing, I'm starting to gain some insight to the matrix. Zen is not meant to be understood. At least that's my understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Koans are meant to make you think. I saw the matrix as one big koan for probably the last 20 plus years. This koan reminds me of that. The first answer that comes to my mind is that it is both the wind blowing and the flag moving in the wind. And that's it. Thank you, Cody. You're welcome. So I, I wondered if it was anything like that old um, that old uh, tale, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, does it still make noise? <laughs> I mean, that's what came to me. <laughs> is that a Buddhist koan? I have no idea where that comes from. I don't know either. <laughs> it could be. It sounds like <laughs> I harked back to something, and maybe it was in one of the koans we read previously. And hi, Don and Stephanie. We hadn't seen you at the beginning. I'm so glad you're here. So I harked back to it all starts with the mind. And it may have come from Peg's Depth in Practice uh, book, that, that, or, or a book in, from that Depth in Practice. It all starts with the mind, everything perceptions, preference, and practice all start with the mind. And perception is limited by this spacesuit we call a body. And even though it might be state of the art, and by the way, not at 65, it's not, but okay, we'll move on from that. <laughs> um, 
to the extent it is, it's still lacking and therefore faulty. So as a result, so are our perceptions and the attachments and aversions we create through those perceptions. And yet nothing exists outside the mind except those perceptions and preferences. So then I harked back to nothingness. It's all nothingness. Well, I thought of um, that they asked the wrong question. It was kind of like the guys arguing about the cat, that arguing about the wind and the flag is, um, and that's the comment by woman, you know, that it, it's not about the ancestors, which is about, to me, about the Dharma. So they're kind of like, and, and then also woman's comment about, about, they can open their mouths, but they do not know where the words fall. So they're kind of, they can speak, but they can't say anything, you know, meaningful. Or does a dog have Buddha nature? It's the same deal where it's the wrong question. They're, they, they're kind of lost. And so there's, the ancestor was, was trying to like go along with them, but I sense that they were startled because um, not at what he said, but they somehow had some kind of awakening that, that they were off on the wrong track. That's what I, my hope is. I wrote one more thing. Oh, that, that the, this, this um, agitation that they had is like the opposite of, of being still. So their minds were, they were arguing, their minds were going back and forth. They weren't, there was no, um, no peace, no, they were kind of messed up. <laughs> oh, so I put they were startled because they realized how far off they were. You know, it was kind of like the, the ancestor held up a mirror and they saw themselves. Which I hadn't, um, I've heard this one before, but I hadn't sensed that before. Although they know how to open their mouths, they do not know where the words fall. All of them miss the mark. It seems that women saying similar stuff to what I'm thinking that they missed the mark and that this is not the discussion they should be having. Donna, what do you think? Um, I uh, really like what Nelda said. I, I, she uh, sketched it out very nicely. I just went to the words were empty and they were, you know, it's all empty. Um, the words were spoken in emptiness and they were going into emptiness. Um, but Nelda said it better. <laughs> How about you, Chris? Well, I feel totally clueless, which I guess is what's supposed to happen. <clears throat> um, one of the things I wrote was, what moves? Sight, sound, mind, objects, 
thoughts, ideas, which sounds a lot like what's in one of our verses that we chant. I can't think what it's called. You mean the Heart Sutra? Yeah, that's from the Heart Sutra, yes. No sight, no sound, no eyes, no tongue. I'm not sure what that, I'm not sure what that does, but it, that thought seems to be leading me somewhere. That's all I've got so far. Yeah, but that, that, that uh, might be closer. They are off, but you're saying they're off because of emptiness, but the stuff, none of this stuff exists. I'm saying yeah. they're off because it doesn't matter. So it'll be interesting to see what Guo Goo says. Mm. Maybe both. Yeah. I don't think we disagree that they're, that they're off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should we read? Yes. I love Guo Goo, the first line. Of Guo Goo. And it, it's a great pun, isn't it? What is? What Guo Goo. Uh, so I guess whose turn is it to read? Mine. Donna. Um, this case may be long winded, but to put it plainly, stop. The sixth ancestor or lineage master, Weenang, has already been introduced in case 23, not thinking of good or bad. So I won't repeat his story here, but picking it up from where we left off in case 23, recall that Hong Ren, the fifth ancestral master, advised Weenang to go out to go into hiding until he was ready to teach. Weenang laid low for 15 years as a layperson. Legend has it he'd hung out with some fishermen and hunters. When people cooked their game, he would eat only the vegetables around it. During these years, Weenang deepened his practice and lived among the people, getting to know their pains and attachments. This case took place after Weenang first emerged from hiding. He had heard that a master was giving a talk on the Nirvana Sutra. Typically in large monasteries, when a lecture was about to begin, a flag would be hung up on a pole so everyone in the vicinity would know that they could come to the talk. When Weenang arrived at the temple and heard two monks arguing about the flag and the wind, he said that neither was moving, that it was their mind that was moving. The abbot of the monastery recognized him as the legendary Weenang, who had received Hongren's entrustment. So he entreated Weenang to have his head shaven and formally take up the monastic vows. But, uh, it might be me. Yeah. Um, do you think that Weenang's uh, reply, it is not the flag moving and it is not the wind moving, is a good answer? If so, then read on. Wuman says, <coughs> it is neither the flag moving nor the wind nor the mind that's moving. Is this the right answer then? If you think so, then I ask at this moment, what's moving? 
And then uh, Nelda. Me? Okay. Ning is not really giving the highest teaching to those two arguing monks. He is merely resolving an argument. Woman is doing the same. Right and wrong have no room here. Everything is an expedient. Do I go on or do I stop here? Sure, you can go on. Okay. Wind, flag, the mind moving. All of them missed the mark. You live your life similarly to the state of seeing that the flag is moving. When someone either praises or scorns you, you are definitively moved. And what do you perceive? You perceive that the problem belongs to the one who scorns you. That is the flag moving. You may be able to analyze the problem objectively and see that what affects you are causes and conditions. This is like the wind is moving. For those in this group, no one is at fault. It's just that things are the way they are because of a chain of events. If your mind is unmoved, by external circumstances, and you don't have to or don't make problems for yourself and others, then that is like the mind is unmoving. You might say these are three levels of being moved. I think we're back to Chris. I don't have a book. Oh, can you see it? No, oh. no I don't either. Oh, did I not share again? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so where where is it at? Now? Is it? it was um it was to me. Okay, you know. Um <clears throat> most people's minds are moved by everything. They are captivated or propelled by everything. They could be moved by something as small as a glance or as serious as slander. <clears throat> this is the norm for most people because they are constantly moving, both their body, both their body and their mind. Ask you, Cody. Okay. Although they know how to open their mouths, they do not know where the words fall. These two lines refer to the arguing monks. They open their mouths and argue about the flag and the wind, and they don't see the nature of words. Practice at the shallowest level means to recognize when you are moved, especially by words. If you criticize people and they become affected, then apologize. Some people don't even want to apologize. They insist they're not at fault and accuse the others of being wrong or of causing their vexations. This is how normal people think. As a practitioner, if you do something wrong, you apologize. If you perceive others as problematic or annoying, that means you're already in the wrong. You've already given, the ri given rise to vexations. Your mind has moved. At the next level, practice means not to be moved by vexations. This includes all kinds of mental states, from praise to blame to jealousy, anguish, sadness, depression, up and down, coming and going. When someone criticizes you, for example, disagrees about a project you're doing at work, you are not affected by it. it was, I was a horrible student. 
when I was a novice attending to my teacher. When he criticized me with his sarcasm and public humiliation, I would be provoked and would fall right into his trap. He provided me with all kinds of opportunities for growth, especially psychological pain. I finally realized that they were simply words coming out of his mouth. Later, when I was no longer affected by his words, his expedient teachings on public humiliation stopped. Let nothing move you, whatever obstructs you. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not me, sorry. Let nothing move you, whatever obstructs you, wherever you find difficulty is where your attachment is. So whatever you cannot let go of, that's where you're stuck. I'm thinking of that thing, sticks and stones may hurt my bones. Mm -hmm. It can be the external environment, words, or even your thoughts and feelings. One time I was giving a talk on emptiness, <laughs> and there's Chris with emptiness, to my under undergrad students at the university where I teach. One student came up to me after class and said, is emptiness like writing something on the blackboard or writing nothing on it? Since either way, it has nothing to do with the blackboard and the blackboard is not affected. I said, yes, it's kind of like that, except you mustn't attach to the idea that this is really a blackboard. He, he said, I think I get what you're saying. That student was clever. Was he moved? Now, Nelda. Okay, I unmuted. Sometimes practitioners feel that an unmoving mind is something to reach for. Recently, I got a letter from a student who wanted me to clarify an experience she had had some time ago in a London train during rush hour. Her mind was calm at the time. All of a sudden, her stillness translated into the perception of the external world. Things were moving, yet they were not moving. To her, it was a pervasive sense of peace and motionlessness. She got off the train at her stop. As it was a busy subway station, hundreds of other people got off as well. Could she walk? Yes, and she could see. She went up the escalator, but all of those movements were done as if in motionlessness. To her, nothing was moving, yet she was moving. The people were talking, bustling through the rush hour in London, yet no one was moving. Everything was silent. This state of mind lasted briefly until she reached the top of the escalator. Then all of a sudden, sound and movement returned. She was wondering what had happened. For her, neither the flag nor the wind was moving because her mind wasn't moving. Is this awakening? No, this is a state of unification of self and others, a state of oneness in which some people can remain for a long time. Can they still function? Of course. Can they still interact with others? Yes, if their practice is very strong. But to them, everything is just pervasive peace and they are at ease. Sometimes there is a sense of lightness and joy from this peace. Even when people are arguing and fighting and there are calamities and contradictions in the external environment, to the person, all is at peace. She was glad that after all of these years, 
someone could actually explain her experience. But I warned her not to make a thing out of it, which she clearly had. Why? Because since the self is still there in that experience, it becomes an object of grasping. She thought she had attained some realization. In reality, that experience was like a blind cat catching a dead mouse. Pure luck. Oh, oh Chris. As this experience came out of practice, it gave her confidence in the Dharma. After all, the reason we practice Buddha Dharma or practice Chan is to get a sense of peace in our lives. Without vexations, no longer troubled by our emotional afflictions, we can feel a sense of fulfillment at peace with the world. So when a person gets to this unified state, he or she naturally feels a sense of accomplishment. However, we should not attach to this state. Cody. This case provides the correct view to practice. It hints at how we can turn any obstruction, any situation in our daily life, even critical words, into an opportunity to practice. Next time you're moved by circumstances, ask yourself, what's moving? Is the flag moving or is the wind moving? Or is, the, is my mind moving? There's great freedom within everyone, whether you're sitting, standing, or sleeping, or whether you're engaging with the world or, or you're by yourself. If you personally realize this, then you will hold hands with Wenang, Wenang not only with him, but with, with woman and all the masters of the past, present, and future. I heard once that, that hummingbirds can't see human beings move because their metabolism is so fast. It's like we can't see a mountain move. So I don't know if that's true, but you know, all this stuff I heard was wrong. I'm fighting out. This is a lovely koan. Especially the reminder, I think, about non-attachment to this um, as lovely as it is to this peaceful state because it's it's not the end of the road it's part of the process and and i think so many of us i know i can speak for myself have been so caught up in the busyness of all these different things moving and words and 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 the reactivity from all of that that sometimes when I get to this peaceful state, I just want to sit there a long while. And, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it feels like such a huge accomplishment to just get to that part of the path. But it's really, it's really a Dharma gate. It's not the end of the path. It's a gate into, into what I call the real practice. <laughs> so this is a lovely reminder. And we certainly get caught up, don't we? Yeah. 
This reminds me a lot of a story that <clears throat> Father Thomas Keating tells um, in one of his books. Thomas Keating is a, a Benedictine monk. And, one of my favorites, Chris. Yes. Well, you'll know this. You'll probably know this story. Okay. Um, he he was he's one of the one. Of the, I think he pretty much single-handedly brought back the Christian tradition of centering prayer yeah. a lot today. So yeah. he tells a story at, at the beginning of one of his books about, <clears throat> I, I guess this was in a, a medieval setting. They were completing, builders were completing the cathedral, but then they realized that they hadn't put the statue of their of their saint up on the top of the steeple. And so everyone was berating each other for, you know, how could you forget something so, so important, dummy? And one of the monks came along and decided to just take care of the matters, take care of the matter. He picked up the stone, he, he picked up the statue, levitated himself up and placed the statue on its mount and then came back down. And the way Keating tells this, he apparently believes that this literally happened. It really did happen. And um, so then the point that he's trying to make is when things like this happen, that's not what's important. What's important is that it's a marker that you've moved somewhere closer to the central truth. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember how he put it, but that always stuck with me because Keating actually believed that that happened. Whether or not it did isn't relevant, but he took that so seriously that he uses that as a, as a teaching point. And that sounds to me a lot like what, what we just read and um, some, of your, some of your comments. We have these, these wonderful moments or states of mind and so then the practice the practice challenge right after that is to realize that this is this is not the moon this is the finger pointing to the moon and isn't it exactly what you said a state of mind yes yeah yeah but like nelda said it is a lovely state <laughs> it's funny on those escalators when especially when, when you you know you're next to you're going up and an escalator is right next to you going down and you're trying to figure out if you're moving and for a moment there or like if a train's driving in the opposite direction and you're driving but it appears or even going forward but going at a faster or slower speed then you don't know if you're moving there's yeah. that moment when you're still yeah. and, that's right. Yeah. Kim, can you stop screen sharing, please? Yes, thank you. Much better. Thank you. And thank you, Chris. Thank you. I will forever keep that visual in my mind when I reach that state of peace and I go, 
oh, I'm here. And no, this is the finger. <laughs> You're not at the moon. You're at the finger. <laughs> well, just give yourself the finger. <laughs> I was uh, kind of impressed again that um, Google Go has so often in this book, in his comments, talked about the importance of our painful difficulties in helping us to awaken. That uh, I, I so often want to overlook that as not a, um, a help and, and just see it as a hindrance. But the hindrance is actually when I see it as a hindrance instead of as a help. You're talking about when his teacher was being very critical. I'm talking about in my personal life. No, but in the, in the story. Yeah, so often yeah. he talks about how um, emotional uh, distress has been and continues to be such a vehicle for waking up. And I, I find that true in my, in my own life, and I, and I dislike it immensely. So, Stephanie, yes. if you help me with a practice pointer, um, and, you know, I, every time, the finger. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I ask that, I'm always reminded of the con we read. Don't ask your teacher. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> Um, because the truth is sometimes, and I, I was sharing this somewhere this week or last about how after the second COVID shot, I just got into this little pity party of, I, I'm tired of being strong. So once you're deep into that muck and mire, how do you come out of it when your mind won't release you from the muck and mire? How do you break out over the years? How has your Give, give me a suggestion to, to work with on how your practice has gotten you out of that deep muck and mire. The two things I would say is one, at least for me, the muck and mire never goes away. I mean, it's always going to keep coming back. But the second thing is, is when it happens, Peg is so great about reminding me, well, that's, you know, that's a story you're telling yourself. <laughs> and so that is frequently what I say to myself is what story am I telling myself now about this and recognizing that there is that, you know, working with IFS, there is that part in me that wholeheartedly believes that story hmm. and adds to it, not just believes it, but continues over the years to add to it. That's the hard part. It's like, oh, this is new. <laughs> right? We just have better words than we had at five, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Very helpful. Yes. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, thank Peg. <laughs> that comes by way of Peg. Mm. I just, I don't know about you guys, but I am so... I am so attached to my stories, so attached. And this practice really shows me how attached I am. And yet, it, so you guys know the five remembrances? 
So I say those every morning. And the other morning after a particularly difficult time here in California, um, as I was saying them, the very last one, my deeds are my closest companions. My deeds are the ground I stand on. It was like, oh, holy cow. <laughs> this is this is all about me, not about somebody else. <laughs> it's it's again my ancient twisted karma. What I say, do, and think matters and has an effect, not just now, but it has from 20, 30, 40, 70 years ago. Cody, you're the baby here. What do you think? <laughs> put, me on a, put me on the spot. Huh? <laughs> well, well, you're the youngster here. <laughs> I'm, I'm just taking it all in. I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't. I guess I haven't gotten that deep into it yet. I'm, I'm still kind of scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I can't say still kind of new to it, but I just haven't gotten to that level of thinking of viewing it that way, perceiving it that way, I guess. I guess you can say. You've had a lot of experiences. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And you that solved this one before everyone got into the chat room. I mean, you had the answer, so... <laughs> quite impressed <laughs> i know but i know but that was just the the the, the answer but it, it it takes a bunch of wild twists and and turns uh you know once you go into details with it because i after we read the rest of it you know i was like well i might i might have been wrong but i guess there's <laughs> i guess there's no right or wrong answer right yeah very true. One of the things that I really liked about this koan is sometimes the koans, there's not much you can necessarily carry away with you for practice. I mean, there will be conundrums that you can hold on to and wrestle with. But I love this idea of um, if we find our mind is running this way and that, that we can you know, sort of pause and reflect on, you know, what, what, you know, what's blowing me or what, you know, uh, it, it's a, a wonderful image to, to be able to, you know, am I a flag in the wind or am I the wind um, to kind of stop, you know, to be able to stop and take a step back and actually look and see what's going on and not continue to be carried off. Right. Um, little short things like that have always been really helpful for me. Just little quick images. So that's certainly what I will take away uh, from this one. Yeah, I like that too, Donna. I hear babies. <laughs> yes, he wanted to come in earlier before I got on. I was actually late because I had a Zoom with another grandchild back in August. And uh, 
it, it's we just finished our move and boxes are everywhere and so it's pretty chaotic here <laughs> yeah tempers are short including mine that's a joyful sound i keep reminding myself of that nelda <laughs> I, it reminds me when I was so tired with my son when I, he was little bitty bitty and wouldn't sleep more than two hours at a time. And I was just exhausted after nine months of that. And my sort of one of these practice points, right, in life. And my yeah. mother-in-law said, remember these moments with joy. When they're gone, you'll, when they're gone, you'll miss them. And she was right. Yeah. yeah. Very true. <laughs> No, yeah, I, no I think of that a lot when well, I hear a lot of people complain about their older parents. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't yeah. have any older parents. And so, no. you know, I, I think, boy, you're going to really regret. Yeah. Not have, you know, when you don't have them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to uh, feel the exact same way, you know, and, but now I'm, now mine are getting older and a lot bigger, so it's just like, because I, I, I have this little thing, I used to hold them in my arms, and now I can't even <laughs> do it anymore. And they won't let you at some point. They're like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My 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 daughter, she always she always tells me that she wants me to live forever, and she she wants to live. Forever. And you know, I'm like, you know, maybe in about a good four or five years you're gonna be you know you're gonna be thinking different <laughs> very true uh, this the son i'm living with now used to say that to me you know i should say it back to him right now remember when you used to say <laughs> and he would go ah! <laughs> you got your wish <laughs> My mother is a good 15 years into her journey into Alzheimer's. Oh, but wow. Still, but she's still in there. It's really interesting. I don't know if this is typical, but when I talk to her, there's, there's some sense of attention. And sometimes <clears throat> it always gets through when I say, I love you, mom, because then she'll look me straight in the eye and say, I love you too. So something, wow. it's getting in at least some of it. And the last, well, I haven't seen her in a year and a half now because of COVID, but for a while, every time I saw her, I would come with one thing that I knew would be a reward for all the time that she put into me. You know, all the things that she, got after me for for years and um you know i just wanted to say want you know mom i just want to say i learned from that and uh why, why did i go there what what did that thought oh i guess it was just you talking about yeah you know the the parent kid dialogue and i'm Right now I'm feeling sad that I didn't start doing this 
before mom was too far into Alzheimer's uh, and before my dad died. All those things that parents want to hear all their life. Right. Right. Is that a long time to go having Alzheimer's, 15 years? I, I think so. Well, I, it, de it depends on who you read. Some, some will say that that is, yes, a really long time. And other people say that's about the limit. I guess it's a, it's a uh, what I've read is a very, there's many forms of Alzheimer's. It's, stages. stages. No, not stages. It's not like okay. one disease, but there's many forms of it. Oh. Well, it's a very complex it's very complex in that well way. and there's yeah i mean there are different kinds of alzheimer's and it's really not you shouldn't properly say alzheimer's because it can't be definitively diagnosed until after death by right. brain examination but everyone says alzheimer's and that's the presumptive diagnosis but um it's more of a general term i think I think they call it Alzheimer's if there's not a specific diagnosis otherwise. There's, I, I don't have a, a picture of the, the range of, of dementia. We were told it was Alzheimer's presumptively at one point and that's what we've gone with. Where does she live? She lives um, in Maryland near DC. Uh, she's there because my brother my youngest brother is her caretaker. She's in a memory uh, memory care uh, place. I see. So, Chris, now that you've had your second vaccine today, um, will the facility allow you in, or or not? I don't know. Um, I haven't thought to ask until now, but I'll find that out. Um, yeah, you know, Chris, I just got an email from the facility my mother is in, in Phoenix, and it said by federal guideline, um, as long as the facility itself was not in a um, COVID shutdown, you know, that there wasn't someone there that was sick, that visitors would be allowed in for one hour a day, masked, right. masked, um, right. And as long as they had had vaccinations. Is that a national thing? Well, they said this was federal guidelines. So I'm assuming the CDC. Well, that doesn't, that still doesn't satisfy me because as, as best I understand it, I'm, you know, I'm walking around, I'm out in the world, I'm walking around. So who knows how many clouds of COVID I've passed through and some of it right. sticks to you just like you know, when you spritz that perfume and walk through it. Right. Um, and so who knows what's going to be radiating off me just from what I've picked up while I'm out. So yeah. I want to know more about that. And my, my impulse is to, is to say, well, if I go visit, I'm going to shower right before I go, get as much off of me as I can, change into clean clothes so that I'm carrying as little load of whatever yeah Sounds and like a, good plan. a good plan and actually a double layer you could put on two shirts and two pairs of pants to sweat and then take that top layer off right before you go in there you go 
Yeah. I'll, I'll get my uh, my PPE jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, just all we can think of to keep moms safe, you know? Yeah. No. Well, guys, I need to sign off. Okay. Log out. Um, I will see you all next Monday. Great. Thank Good you night. Very much. I know Lori will be back. She she had another commitment tonight. She says hi. Cody, thank you for mentioning uh, The Matrix. I Oh, you're welcome. I know a lot of people have... Um, Have, have had a lot of similar thoughts around the matrix and I've listened and I, I certainly can see it there, but just just you bringing it up, I'm thinking that deserves another another pass. Watch it again with that, with, with those eyes, the eyes of practice. You know, that's what I've been doing. It's the same exact thing I've been doing, uh, but, but I still, I guess kind of don't get it. Cause I'm, I'm trying to figure it all out before the because there's a part four coming out. Oh, okay. I think in it's it was supposed to be like in December, but it COVID might push it back. I don't I'm not sure, but yeah, it's it's one of those that uh I I remember in college our we we watched it in philosophy class and I still wow. couldn't grasp it. Yeah, and okay. um and now it's starting to kind of I guess come full circle with uh, some of the meaning, but some of it is just, you know, kind of hard to figure out on your own. I've only watched the first one. Do the, do the second and third continue into that same philosophy or thought world or whatever? It, it does. It kind of elevates, but I, I, I haven't, uh, I basically just went back to the first one with those, like you said, with those with that lens, and I, I I pretty much just read about the second and third as far as you know, like uh, because that was the first thing I did. I I was like, man, this kind of sounds a little bit like the Matrix when I a lot of Zen books that I read, mm-hmm. and so I and so I looked it up and I um I found like quite a few uh different things that kind of compared the two and tells how it parallels, but. Uh-uh. nothing really definitive you know it was basically like just uh third party opinions okay 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 well, okay really <laughs> and donna i haven't i haven't met you hi Good to meet you. <laughs> Um, I've been coming to depth in practice, I don't know, almost as long as it's been going on. Um, but that's pretty much where you will where you will find me at Abamana okay. is here. <laughs> so. I've been the drop-in every couple of years type. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have a great week, everyone. Yes. Thank you, everyone. You too, Take care. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.